Blog Talk Radio. It is now time for your weekly football party. Live from the IMLD Home Studios. In its eighth season, this is In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. With your host, Jay Andre. Yeah, welcome in. Real football tomorrow. Full slate. 14 games, 13 games tomorrow, and two games on Monday night. And you are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Saturday night, September the 12th, 2020. I'm Dre. He's Jay. And yeah, we're going to pick all these games for week one, this most unusual first week of football with no crowds or minuscule crowds and artificial crowd noise and the era of Corona Palooza still surrounding all of us. And you never know who's going to come down with it. Who's going to back out. Who's, you know, is it going to be one of those baseball seasons where a team just comes down with a, with a breakout and, alters the entire schedule that that's still yet to be determined. But before we get to all that, we'll talk about the Thursday night game and Jay, uh, I don't know how it could have gone much better for us. It, well, I'll tell you the first positive outcome from Thursday night was it, it looked like football, right? That's right. It, it didn't look like week one of the preseason, which was what I, which was what I was kind of expecting and you know it it was it was an, a watchable enjoyable game uh i only hung on at the end because the chiefs decided to go into prevent mode after they got up 31 to 7 and allowed uh Dak, uh, I, I mean uh, Deshaun Watson i was about to call him Dak Prescott for all those fourth quarter uh, yards that he put up there uh, no no Deshaun Watson uh, to put on flip. a show to put on a show there in the fourth quarter and yeah he went full Dak he, he definitely went full Dak in the fourth quarter and started to make that spread questionable and uh, would have blown a pick for us and a lock for me, but the Chiefs were able to uh, hang on. So only thing that kept that game watchable at the end was uh, would they blow, uh, you know, and get that thing under 10? They tried. The Chiefs really tried. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit of a sweat. I thought that thing was wrapped up and completely finished, and didn't think it would even be that close. But yeah, it was, they they hung around and gave us a little bit of a of a scare as far as the point spread goes. But worked out in our favor. You, you can't get much better. You knock out your lock of the week right off the bat on Thursday night. Take care of that. I almost nailed the final score. I missed by one point. I apologize. I said. 34 to 19 and it was 34 to 20. So I suck. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I just blew that and one I, completely. And I believe, and I believe I said 41 to 20. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we were in the ballpark. We, we knew what we were looking at. We knew that the Houston offense would be miserable without Deandre Hopkins. And sure enough, when they needed instant offense, uh, there was nobody there to get it. And if they keep throwing over the middle to Will Fuller, he'll be dead by week three. <laughs> of course. Well, we already know that. <laughs> I mean, he, he, blows, he, too, I'm sure. he blows his legs out on go routes up the sideline <laughs> and gets like, hurt. And, oh. I mean, he was catching them in traffic. 
uh, every time you see Will Fuller get tackled over the middle of the field, you're like, oh, he's not going to get up. Right. But he he got up 10 targets, had a nice day, very productive. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, probably the uh, notable story. Uh Very Darren Sproles-like, you know, very, very diminutive running back. But going between the tackles, getting the tough yards, he, he reminded me a lot of Darren Sproles. That was it Collinsworth? Somebody uh, called him uh, uh, Warwick Dunn. Just low to the ground, but powerful, man. Yeah, but he, I think he was, I think he even looked smaller than Dunn, or he was just standing in the huddle with guys three feet taller than him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's not a, a tall man, but he was the star of the show. He was absolutely uh, the man on Thursday night that uh, made the offense go. And yeah. but. But the the Chiefs should have known they had it in the bag, because the the, the Texans come out and score first and get the the first touchdown and go up seven to nothing. Chiefs had them right where they want them. That's right. You don't want to go up on the Kansas City Chiefs. You don't want to do that. You don't want to wake the Giant. Just all those play all back those Texan if you can. fans. All those Texan fans like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> here we go. No, and then no. the Chiefs rattle off thirty one unanswered. No, the Texas fans are probably like, oh, no. Oh, God, no, not another early lead. Oh. Yeah, easy, easy win. I, I I worry for the Texans as to where they're going to find offense this year. Uh, David Johnson went way over the total. Yes, um, he did. That we had set. He went way over the 40. I believe he had 33 yards on the first drive. Now, that's was, what I'm worried about is the Chiefs run D. Whew. That, but the Chiefs' run defense is, a, is notoriously rough, but then the Chiefs rattled off so many points that the run game, uh, Houston sort of got away from the running game. So uh, what looked like it was going to turn into a 150 or 160-yard game for David Johnson turned out to be only about 75, 80 um, with the touchdown. But that's, I, apparently Houston's looking for balance because they are not vertical. But that's why uh, they, they they screwed up and lost that game so bad is because you don't have to have balance if you're running that consistently, and they just got away from it. I understand game script yeah. cause, causes you to have to throw a lot more than you want to once the, uh, the touchdowns start rolling in for the Chiefs. But they stopped running way before it got to, three, to a three-touchdown lead. Right. And that, to me, was the the great sin there for Bill O'Brien and the and the Texans. You're not uh, doing anything bad running the football. Just keep doing that. Just keep making those holes. And, and it's, it's not like there were wide open holes. I want to give David Johnson his credit for for that as well. I made sure to note that that it's not like the Texans were blasting open holes that you and I could run through. They were getting they're opening moderate sized holes. And David Johnson looking fresh and looking like he hadn't played uh, meaningful football in a long time That's took advantage had, of those holes. Because, well, because yeah. he hadn't – yeah, it wasn't looking I, like it, it was – yeah. <laughs> no, it was because he hadn't played meaningful football in a long time. Uh, playing in Arizona will do that to you too. You know, sometimes you get so, you get out of a bad situation. Sometimes it sort of reinvigorates you a little bit. But wait a minute. What other team did they play in the playoffs last year that had them on the ropes and got away? Oh, yeah, the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, this is I true. Teams, I think teams get so spooked by all the instant offense that the Chiefs can put up that they change the way that they coach and play, and they get out. And that's sort of the the you know that's a testament to how good the Chiefs are. 
that you can get into the other team's head, into the other team's playbook, and uh, completely change their identity. Turn the other team into something that they're not. You're going to win the game. Yeah, the the Texans wound up having to to open things up later on. I, I just feel like they didn't have to. I think they uh, sort of had a brain fart and got away from what was successful for them early on, and it, it, they could have kept it a lot closer than they did. We're glad that they did do that. No, I'm, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, they came out in the first drive and ran it right down the Chiefs' throats. Yeah. It, just keep doing that. That, that. Why Why are you stop? Why did you stop doing that? That was working. That was looking good. Keep doing that. But. And and Deshaun Watson's performance, almost all exclusively in the fourth quarter, was the only meaningful thing about <laughs> that was it helped some people out maybe on the fantasy side. But other than that, that was a lot. And that was that was very empty. And I know we were texting back and forth about that, and I, I threw out the Dak comment because that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, that was. Uh, Collinsworth I, I, even commented at one point in the fourth quarter how the Chiefs had completely changed up their defense. Like you could see them change. Oh yeah their scheme uh, and they weren't coming after Watson as, as sort of, you know, feverishly as they were earlier in the game. They, they took their foot off the gas. Now it wasn't going to cost them the game, but damn it, it almost cost me a lock and a cover. (laughs) Uh, But they had it all under control. And you know what? That actually could have gone the other way too. The chiefs could have blown them out by a lot more than that. They kept getting stuffed on the goal line several times. And, so that actually could have been like 50 to the to, to seven instead of 31 at that point, 31 yeah. to seven when I basically thought it was over uh, and, and called it ball game. Uh, but yeah, look, we take our lumps when we get stuff wrong. We already talked about the one thing we got majorly wrong, despite the, uh, the correct pick was we thought David Johnson was going to be washed and not have any impact. And as it turned out, he had a damn good game. So congrats to him. And we were dead wrong on that, but, we are going to take the credit for the the win. We hope you took advantage of that. We gave you the first winner of the year, and, and we did it in a very sweet way. Jason locked it up, and I almost nailed the final by one point. When we get it right, we're going to say so. We're going to we'll we let you mean, know. We don't mean to toot our own horn, but damn it, in this situation, <laughs> we deserve to toot our own horn. We got off to about as good a start as you could get off on that Thursday night game, and, and all I can do is hope that we keep it going. Uh, yeah, that remains to be seen. It also highlighted for me one of the concerns I have about taking a lock when it's a big a big number, and oh, man, you sweat those so much. <laughs> yeah. Because the game itself it is, is not in question. No, it is so easy to get backdoored on a big number. And yeah. damn it, I, I did not need to be up and watch. I did not need to watch that game <laughs> to the finish. I knew who was going to win the game, but I stayed up because I was like, they're going to blow this cover. I, I was with you. I, 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 I thought it was over, and then I looked up and kind of like, what? Wait, it, yeah. are they still trying to score? And, oh, Okay. Yeah, I was but I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got my lock out of the way, some instant pressure. Nothing like starting, the, you know, week one, a little instant pressure on you. Oh, no pressure on me. You know, I go to my little stats <laughs> and, and my little uh, trends that I like to look at, and, and I knew what my lock was. You know what, actually, I, I, I need to stop lying. I had a lock all week, Uh-oh. and I changed it. Oh. Because of because of studying my my stats and and my trends, and I feel even more secure about what I picked, uh, even more so than the one that I originally had. And we'll we'll have to see how it all turns out. But yeah, your I'm, original I'm, one will be the winner. <laughs> yep, 
<laughs> that's how it, that's, how it that's always the way it always up, goes. It? <laughs> All right, already, you ready to ball party? Already talked it into existence. This is the mini football party this week since we we don't need the whole two hours. This is a one-hour live show um, to let you all know, those of you tuning in for maybe the first time, hey, welcome in. If you're returning, hey, welcome to YouTube. We're glad to have you either way. Uh, all, our normal show is going to be two hours on the weekend, usually Saturday night, sometimes Friday night. Uh, that's going to be to recap the uh, events of the past weekend and all the news in the NFL leading up to the uh, picks for that particular week. This uh, show is only one hour because there's nothing to recap from last weekend. So this is just going to be live picks coming up right here in the next minute or so. Uh, there'll be an after show, of course, afterwards, as there is uh, after pretty much every show. Uh, you're listening live on blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To listen to the show as a podcast where you get this live show and the after show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, or you can come back here to the live show page and look through our archives. The whole show, live show and after show, should be available approximately an hour after the live show is over. Communicate with the show via email. Send that to inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at IMLDDre. Follow Jason on Twitter at IMLDJTG. And follow all of our football picks on our blog. That'll be up uh, also about an hour or so after the live show is over. And the blog site is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. That's where you go to find all of our football picks, except for our Thursday night pick, which we will be tweeting out during the year. All right, and with that, it's time to pick this most unusual week uh, of football with no crowds or some crowds or however it's going to work out. Yeah, I was thinking about your uh, thoughts of, of what week one might look like when I titled the show Football Hurts because you're saying there's going to be some injuries and tweaks and guys getting yeah. messed up because they're not in game shape. They haven't played any practice games. They haven't played any games at all since last January or December or whatever. And it might get ugly out there. Uh, we were lucky we didn't see too many of that or too much of that on Thursday night. Uh, like you said, it did look like uh, as much of a regular game as you might hope, but that's two teams with continuity. They didn't change coaches. They didn't change quarterbacks. So that's probably uh, close to as smooth a game as you're going to see all weekend. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. Other than the fact that we knew that the, uh, Texans had a horrendous off season and it showed and uh, no, but the, the actual product on the field, it, it did. It, it was honestly better than some previous years opening games or week ones. It was, it, it definitely it, was. It started quick and kept the momentum all the way through the game and it kept, kept you hooked. Uh, even if it was for, you know, gambling purposes, kept you hooked all the way through. All right, so let's see what else we got in store for week one. We'll start off with another game with uh, continuity with the same starting quarterbacks and offenses. NFC North action, Packers, Vikings, Green Bay. We talked about it on the preview show, uh, the season preview show, 13-3 yeah. and three last year, and we don't quite know how they did that. They they pulled a lot of stuff out of their asses. And the uh, Vikings at 10-6. and six. Vikings get to host, but they of course, not quite the same home field advantage with, with no – crowd noise. Uh, Green Bay is the two and a half point slight underdog in this game at Minnesota. 
yeah, Vikings not quite getting the cop-out line at home. Um, interesting thing, and I'm not really somebody who digs too much into it with injury reports, but I did want to look at it this week, especially not having any preseason where you would normally be up on all of that, and I like the Vikings injury report. There isn't one. Uh, the Vikings have nobody listed on their injury report this week. Uh, I liked I liked the Vikings in my pick for this game all week. Um, I think they're going to win the division. I, I think that the Packers I, rolling out there with Aaron Rodgers, but the same offense. I mean, there's definitely continuity there. Um, and we talked about continuity being this great thing. Uh, I'm interested to see how the Vikings replace Stephon Diggs. I think they'll handle that better then Houston handled losing DeAndre Hopkins just because of the fact that they have Dalvin Cook, and the Packers' run defense is horrendous. So uh, they got exposed by the 49ers. And, and for the better part of the latter half of last season, you could run on the Packers. Uh, teams would get away from it because, you know, the Packers do a decent job of putting up the points and putting pressure on the other team. But if you stick to it, you can gash them. Uh, I think Delvin Cook goes crazy, and uh, it's enough to, for the Vikings to pull off more than a field goal win. I think the uh, Green Bay secondary versus the Minnesota revamped wide receivers sort of revamped. They got a big piece missing, uh, but it's not completely revamped. They got guys that are ready to step up. I talked about B.C. Johnson uh, has shown me flashes in the past, so maybe he's ready to slide in there and, and be the man. Uh, I think that'll be a, a nice fight. And I think Minnesota's new secondary uh, with all the youngsters replacing the the old grabby guys against uh, Green Bay's wide receivers, I think that'll show uh, a lot for these teams, not just for this game, but for, for the whole season. Uh, we both feel the same way about the, the season. We got the Vikings over the Packers for the division. Um, and as far as this game goes, you know, I got to go with my, my trends. I got to push it over the top. Minnesota, there's a couple teams on this list here when I look at uh, coaches that have been with their teams for at least four years I, I don't want to uh, make it something where you got a quick flash in the pan like a two-game winning streak in week one and oh look they, they can't be beat in uh, in week one uh, my trend that I'm talking about is week ones for veteran coaches with the with the same team I go back four years I used to go back three years. This year I decided to go back four. What do these coaches and these teams do in week one, straight up and against the spread? Who has their squads ready in week one and who seems to struggle coming out of the gate? Mike Zimmer and the Minnesota Vikings are one of two teams that do not struggle out of the gate at all. Four and oh, the last four years straight up and against the spread. I will agree with you. I will take the Vikings uh, to cover the two and a half and and get the victory. No, that is not my lock. Yes, that is the trend that I'm using. I've got another team in mind. You will hear from them in a couple of picks. On to the Seattle Seahawks versus the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Got continuity there too. Uh, Seattle going on the road where they were only four and four last year, Uh, but Atlanta was only three and five at home. Uh, Seattle is actually the very slight road favorite in this one. Uh, Russ Wilson gives one point at Matty Ice and the Atlanta Falcons. Interestingly, a line that opened, I believe, Seahawks uh, minus two and a half has actually started to deviate towards Atlanta here. 
Um, which and I completely agree with that. If you, if you want to talk about a team that's a notorious uh, slow starter and a team that doesn't play well on the road traditionally, and going east, uh, that's the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, I think Atlanta here, home dog. If you have any motivation in your home opener, and anybody pays attention to betting lines, that's pretty good motivation uh, that you're opening as a home dog. Matt Ryan in his career, uh, pretty good against the Seahawks and the Seahawks defense. Um, and even without Matt Ryan, I believe that uh, Matt Schaub went up to Seattle last year and, and, and forced a push in a game that should have been blowout territory um, on a seven-point number. Uh, Matt Schaub went up there and got the seven-point push um, in Seattle. So, no, I'm going I'm to go ahead and take Atlanta here. Well, one of their best, what was their best offseason? Well, they get to at least start the season with a healthy defense. Uh, for they, I said start the season. So that on-paper defense that's so good for Atlanta, so we'll, we'll see um, how well they play or how long it takes before, you know, Keanu Neal ruptures an Achilles and oh. you know, uh, Deion Jones, you know, tears his sack. We'll, we'll see how long that happens. Uh, but I'm going to take the Falcons in, a, I think, a high-scoring game. I like the over here. I'm going to say they win 30-27. Uh, they're healthy for now. I don't know what they'll be in the second quarter or the third quarter, but they're healthy for now. Um, this is uh, two coaches that have been around a long time, so we get the trends for both of them in the last four years, and they both struggle to open the season. Seattle two and two straight up the last four years. Atlanta one and three. Both of them zero oh, three and one against the spread the last four years. That's ugly for both teams. So this comes down to. Is it going to be let Russ cook? Hashtag let Russ cook. Will the Seahawks finally figure out to to open up the the bag a little bit and let Russell Wilson take control and run that offense and, and play his best ball out of the gate instead of waiting for them to fall behind and be losing to the Falcons before they decide, okay, I guess we got to let Russell Wilson play a little more. Yeah, I agree this could be a shootout. Um, I think it might come down to which team can better pressure the quarterback Seattle's pressure rate last year, 19.3. Atlanta's 18.4. Not much of a difference, but uh, combine that with uh, let Russ cook and and let him do more what he's supposed to do early on in the game. I I just think the Seahawks have to be smart enough to let him do that. Uh, So I'm going to take Seattle, give that one point. Don't feel great about it. I also have it as a three-point game. I just have a different team than you do. So we both got it kind of tight, but we got different teams. On to the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens in AFC North action and the Brown fever and Baker Mayfield. And boy, I got some choice words about him from the news that came out today. Uh, But that's, 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 that's Baker for you, I guess. About all I can say about that. Uh, Cleveland is a seven and a hook, seven and a half point dog uh, at the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I talk about a team that just can't get out of its own way. You get the Odell Beckham news earlier in the week. You got Ugh. you got Baker Mayfield shenanigans. The team that you talk about continuity uh, brought back most of the same players. Unfortunately, it's with a which was a complete overhaul of the coaching staff again against John Harbaugh, the the consummate professional team. Um, and I don't know why that you know, like 45-10 keeps coming up in my mind. If I had not locked up the Thursday night game, I probably would have locked up this one, uh, Ravens squish. How weak is Baker Mayfield? That bullshit. 
basically, uh, if you hadn't heard, he said as the uh, protests of the summer the, uh, about all the racial injustice and police brutality, as all of that was firing up, he said, oh, yeah, if we get to the season and, and my teammates want to kneel before the game and protest, uh, yeah, I'm with them. I'll, I'll absolutely be there with them and kneeling. And now it comes out today, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to be kneeling. I, I'll, I'll go back on my word on that. That's that's just weak sauce. Whatever you feel about uh, the protest and all of that, that's just to go back on your word before you even – you haven't even played week one and you're already – backpedaling and, and going back on what you said. I don't know if he was affected by the uh, reaction that happened on Thursday night when the Chiefs and Texans tried to show some unity before the game and the crowd responded by booing racial unity, which is such a perfect microcosm for America. But uh, I don't know if that affected him. But just to go back on your word like that is just complete. I'm, I don't even want to – his character was already in question before that. So yeah. that just don't wanna, I don't want to throw uh, gasoline on the fire here, but it uh, kind of makes you respect what Drew Brees did, and he just threw it out there a little bit more, right? He actually spoke from his heart about what he believes and all the crap that he took, and then the non-apology apology and all the backpedaling. At least he stuck up for it. You know, at, least, at least he said, hey, here's what I think, and here's why I don't do that. Baker Mayfield, though, ooh, talking out of both sides of your mouth. Heard one of your teammates likes that. I don't think the offensive linemen will like that very much. They might uh, look the other way a couple times uh, tomorrow. Yeah. I don't know. Um, no, I think I, I do uh, take Drew Brees' approach uh, over Baker Mayfield's. At least Drew Brees is in the line punk. So, yeah, that that is better. <laughs> so, Drew, you're not, on the hook. <laughs> <laughs> completely forgiven. No, not uh, no. I, I didn't. I don't hold it uh, too much against Breeze anyway for for what he said. I think that I think a whole lot of people forgot about that just because it's, it's so much. There's so much more to worry about and think about. Yeah, than, than and that. when and when he said it, you know, and we were all locked up, and it was you know, and, and we were in the middle of all the George Floyd stuff, and it basically, it basically it's outrage of the day at that point. He just he stepped in it, and we called him out for that. Yeah, just you know, Drew, Drew stepped in it. Baker Mayfield though, eh, it's being disingenuous. Completely. Uh, so Cleveland came in last year and, and got them. They 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 took out the Ravens yep. uh, week four. Uh, the only team to to go into Baltimore and get a win. Baltimore seven and one on, uh, at home last year. However, we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens, the consummate professional organization. We're talking about John Harbaugh week one, four and zero the last four years straight up, four and zero against the spread. And not just that, but the last two years, 47 points a couple of years ago. Last year, they said that, that's not nearly enough. 59 to open the season. Not saying they're going to get up in the 40s or 50s uh, on the Cleveland Browns, but they're coming off another playoff embarrassment. They got Cleveland. Uh, they know that Cleveland got them last year coming in there, maybe looking for a little revenge, a little statement. Got to lock them up. Second year in a row to to lock them up as well. They just do it week one. They know how to get it done. They know how to come out and, and absolutely establish themselves. And uh, they got the right opponent to do that against in the Brown Fever because the, the Browns, there's there's no stability. There's no continuity. There, there's nothing there except disingenuous Baker Mayfield. I'm definitely locking up the Ravens on that one. 
onto the uh, Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars in AFC South. Can can you use the word action when, when it's the Colts and the Jaguars? I'm not mm. sure. Maybe not the right word. That's a tough one. <laughs> it's a game. We'll, we'll leave it at that. It's We know it's a game. Uh, the, uh, it'll be uh, broadcast in two markets. We know that. <laughs> and exactly two. The Phillip Rivers era beginning in uh, Indianapolis in a different blue colors, uh, just a different shade of blue. But other than that, it's not going to be too much of a change. Colts are eight-point favorites on the road at Baker I almost called him Baker at Gardner Minshew. Now that's a a Freudian slip at Gardner Minshew and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, I think I'm going to go against my continuity issue here because you talk about the Colts who blew up their quarterback position. Uh, Jacoby Brissett takes a seat. Phillip Rivers comes in. Mostly the same team other than Rivers, and that defense is world class. But that's that's a huge continuity shift when you bring in a you know forty year old quarterback, um, clearly on the downside of his career, uh, to take over your team. Where's more continuity? Well, there's more continuity with the Jaguars. Unfortunately, that continuity is they suck. Um, Continuously, take the Colts. They suck. Yes, I'm going to take the Colts here and uh, give it's a big number to give on the road um, in Week One, but it's, it's Gardner Minshew. I mean. <laughs> Man, it took about three games before everybody realized that the emperor had no clothes with Gardner Minshew. It's Baker Minshew. It's, it's Gardner They tried Mayfield. to go back to Nick Foles. They desperately <laughs> yeah. tried to go back to Nick Foles. Yeah, and, and he was just about as bad. Yeah, coming off of that uh, arm or leg blowing out. Whatever it was, it was a bad injury. Oh, it was a broken uh, broken shoulder. Like broken collarbone. Whatever it was, he wasn't the answer either. No. Um the, the only thing that gave me pause was, uh, again, with the continuity with Doug Marone. I, I can't believe he's still around. This has got to be his last year. Uh, but he has been around long enough to have four years uh, with the Jaguars and two and two uh, to start the season and three and one against the spread. So the Jags usually – but that's a different Jags team. Th- that defense Yeah, that is, does include some good teams. Right. That defense is definitely not what it used to be. And neither is the offense. The, whatever – uh, good players they used to have on offense. They've gotten rid of all of them. There's nothing left. The cupboard is bare. They are trying to tank. They are the worst. They're going to be the worst team in football on purpose this Thank year, unfortunately. It, absolutely. Uh, the Colts must run it down Jacksonville's throats. I think they know that that's the way to get them, and I think they're going to do that and run for close to 200 yards and, and blow out the Jaguars. So I will agree with you and take the Colts and give big points on the road. The Eagles are also road favorites at the football team. What? Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's Eagles and, and potato skins. You can't call them redskins anymore. Well, uh, you know what? We can. <laughs> well, we can. Us. we can. We yeah. can. Yeah. We, we don't have any sponsorships to lose, so we can have to uh, no. call them that. Um, but Philadelphia, uh, starting off a little rough for them. Miles Sanders is not going to play. Uh, for their uh, for the Eagles tomorrow. Uh, nonetheless, they are still favorites on the road. Eagles minus five and a half at the football team. Yes. Yeah. Inter- interestingly, a number that's moved down towards the Redskins. Uh, that's gone from seven to five and a half over the course of the week. Also, all Sean Jeffrey out. So that awful wide receiver core for the Eagles, uh, not looking any better. So you're starting running back and 
your top wideout are both hurt. And uh, as much as this pains me to say it, I've got the football team. Uh, 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 I've got the football team here. I've got them sneaking in the back door. I'll take a back door cover on this game. I think this is going to be some really ugly football. You get the root. You the root. The root. <laughs> Um, I will agree on the ugly part. I, I like the under. I, I really like whatever the number is. I like the under uh, in this game. Uh, you got to think the Eagles take it to the Redskins. Uh, you got to come out hot. They got to have some uh, continuity. They got some veteran leadership there. They got Carson Wentz healthy. They got uh, Doug Peterson needs to, to get these guys off to a good start. Uh, the Eagles are 4-0 and the last four years straight up, so they do know how to get off on the right foot, 3-1 and against the spread. Um, the spread, the number coming down from uh, 7 to 5.5 is uh, it, it, it's a gift. If the Eagles win by 6, then that will absolutely uh, be a gift for me. I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, I just don't know what Washington's offense is going to look like. Uh, with Again, they, they got one guy they can throw the ball to and nothing else. So uh, I will take the Eagles and give that number. Uh, here's another team we're going to keep uh, flubbing up on the name. The, the Oakland, Los Angeles, Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders uh, will not be in any of those cities tomorrow. They'll be in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, and they will open their schedule uh, at the Panthers, and the Teddy Bridgewater era begins in Carolina. This was, a, I think, this was probably the most surprising spread of the week to me. Uh, Vegas, and when now you, you say Vegas, you're not talking about just gambling. You're talking about the team. Vegas, the, the Vegas Raiders, uh, are three-point favorites on the road at the Panthers. This is one of those spreads that leaves you scratching your head, and then on the other side going, does somebody know something? Hmm. That caused well, this line, it's this, this line <laughs> to cause this line to move six points the other direction. Um, I, I'm not buying it. And this, I mean, maybe they're trying to. Maybe this is the sucker bet. But I'm going to take the home dog here and take the Carolina Panthers. You've got a Las Vegas, Oakland, Los Angeles, whatever team you know heading to the East Coast. That usually doesn't go well. Um, we're really curious to see what this offense is going to look like with Teddy Bridgewater, but Teddy Bridgewater is not a bad quarterback. And as long as you got Christian McCaffrey back here, back there, who could, for all we know, run for and catch for a hundred yards easily in this game um, and be all purpose, probably enough to carry them to victory. So they don't have to win by anything at all. They could lose this game and still cover. I'm just mystified. I'm going to take the Panthers at home. They could lose by two. They could. The Panthers would still take it. Uh, well, I don't know. The, Ve- uh, the the Vegas Raiders certainly would have that cohesion advantage with uh, John Gruden and Derek Carr and those guys, uh, certainly more so over the Panthers. I mean, it, it's the Panthers. They got a new quarterback. They got a whole new coaching staff. There's pretty much nothing there from last year except for Christian McCaffrey. So uh, I, I – guess you can talk yourself into understanding why the spread bounced that far the other way. But yeah, Vegas being favored by that much. And then it's the Raiders. It's still the Raiders. After all of that, it's still the Raiders. Uh, You got to think the Panthers are going to find a way to, to beat that team. Christian McCaffrey just running all over them and, and getting it done by himself. He can win a game by himself. He doesn't need 
Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I, I, I'm going to agree with you. You'd say this might be a sucker bed, and you might be you might be right about that. Our first Elvis game of the year. The, yeah. We both be getting trapped by that one. This line is begging you to take the Panthers, and it we is. are diving headfirst into that, aren't we? We've done it. We have done it. We, we don't feel great about it, but we've done it. Uh, good call. Good Jets... call recognizing the Elvis nature. The, 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 good call <laughs> on that one. We might be getting trapped. New York Jets and Buffalo Bills. Lock of the week part two. I love Buffalo unders, especially <laughs> playing yeah. the Jets. <laughs> this smells like thirteen to three, one way or the other. Oh I don't my know god! Which way, but God, it's it's just I don't know how do these teams score. I, I just I'm not quite sure. But uh, Jets and and Bills and AFC East action. Uh, Jets are only two and six on the road last year, but Buffalo only four and four at home. So you never know. Uh, Jets, of course, are the underdog here. They're probably the much worse team and they are six and a half point dogs at the bills. Yeah. I remember week one, I believe it was last year. The jets were actually rolling up the bills until the bills came back and did what the bills did all the time, which was come back and win a really close game late. And I think it's in the DNA of this team until I see otherwise, I am not taking the bills as a six and a half point favorite over anybody. They're going to have to show me, that they try to play a brand of football other than we're going to win by two points and we're going to sweat this thing out into the fourth quarter. Um, if Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen can start making that connection and those aren't all horrible overthrows, uh, I'll eat my words. If the Bills actually can go out, somebody up, uh, this would be a good place to start. But until otherwise, uh, yeah, give me the Jets and I'll take the points. Yeah, you certainly hope that Stefan Diggs can make uh, in instant impact for the Bills. That's certainly what they're bringing him in for. They brought in uh, Josh Norman. We talked a little bit about that as the, uh, the pressure off. <laughs> the the pressure, pressure off of him as the cornerback. He doesn't have to be the man. He can just kind of lay back with Tredavious White on the other side. Um, but, yeah, already uh, on the injured yeah. list with a hamstring. He's laying so. back for the whole game. Yeah, he's kicking back and laying back and got his feet up uh, for the game. Uh, so that's not off to a great start. But I think against the Jets, it's going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, who's he going to cover? What What are we talking about on the Jets' uh, wide receiver yeah. court? So, uh, again, love the under more than anything. Um, I'm going to take Buffalo and give the six and a half. Uh, all you need is a, a touchdown to cover if the Jets don't score at all. And why do I think the Jets would score necessarily? So uh, I'll, I'll take the bills on that one. It's 16 uh, to 10. I'll take it. I'll take it. Sneak <laughs> it in. 13 to 3. Chicago and Detroit, an NFC North action. Uh, definitely a much better quarterback situation for Detroit. They are so glad to have Matthew Stafford back there. And you got to definitely give them the quarterback advantage in this one. Um, and probably because of that, Chicago is the underdog here. Uh, two and a half point dogs up at Detroit. Yeah, uh, looks like that uh, Kenny Galladay not going to play. He's doubtful. Um, starting tackle, uh, but yeah, Vitae uh, for the Lions <laughs> not going to play. Uh, you Big know, I think, it, I think the Bears can defense their way to a, a win here. Uh, the Lions, I think we talked about the Lions and 
how Matthew Stafford's just going to be that 5,000-yard guy who never quite caught the break. And, uh, yeah, he'll he'll probably compile some stats in this game, but I think the Bears' defense and that, that rush can uh, stifle him a bit. And uh, I think it'll be enough for the Bears, despite Mitch Trubisky, uh, to pull. And the Mitch Trubisky, if they lose this game, the Trubisky watch will be in full effect. I mean, mm. full effect. I will I will purposely stream Bears post game if they lose that game, <laughs> just so I can hear all the wine and Bears fans about getting him out of there and getting Nick Foles in the game. So I think the Bears escape this one with a victory. I'm going to take them. Bring Caleb Haney back. We love him. Nick Foles. Um, Nick Foles. Uh, David Montgomery, the Bears running back, has uh, has been trying to get over a groin injury all week in, in practice. Uh, so I think he's scheduled to play, but I don't know how effective he'll be. Um, I think this might – I'll admit this might be some sort of reverse psychology. I'm a, I'm a Bears fan. You have to take all my Bears picks for them or against them with a grain of salt. And I'm, I'm a fan, and maybe I can't see uh, past my bias one way or the other sometimes. But until – Trubisky proves to me, I know he proved it to his coach, to, to Matt Nagy, congratulations, uh, that he should be the man and that he's over whatever inconsistencies he had last year, and he's really proven himself in practice. Practice. Um, uh, until he proves it to me on the field in, in, a, in a game situation, <laughs> I'm always going to be skeptical against him. Uh, any matchup where one quarterback is definitely, definitively, obviously better than the other, it, it takes a, a miracle for me to go against the better quarterback, and in this matchup, that's definitely the better quarterback on the other side than Matthew Stafford. So I'm going to take the Lions and give the two and a half. Okay. Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, and the Cam Newton era opens up in Foxborough. Dolphins, uh, no two are magic yet. It's going to be Fitz magic in there for the Miami Dolphins. They are seven-point dogs at Cam Newton and the Patriots. Yes, the team that unceremoniously knocked the Patriots out of home field last year uh, now gets to go open their season at Bill Belichick, Cam Newton, the new-look Patriots, although it's mostly the same-look Patriots other than the quarterback. Um, Sony Michelle's still back there. Uh, the wide receiver core is, eh, we'll see. It's, you know, 100-year-old Julian Edelman, Nikhil Harry. We'll, we'll see if these guys are any good. But the defense is still there, and I think Belichick's uh, going to remember the way that season ended uh, last year uh, against Miami. And I'm going to go ahead and it's, you know, if this was Tom Brady starting for the Patriots, this would be what an 18 point line. So yeah, I'll take I'll, <laughs> I'll take the uh, I'll take the value pick here, given seven. There's a different way of looking at that. Uh, if this was. Uh, a different up-and-coming team that surprised everyone and won five games last year uh, that didn't have the name Miami Dolphins, and they weren't playing the vaunted, legendary Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots with a brand-new quarterback who hasn't played meaningful football in almost a year, and we don't know exactly what he's still got left in the tank, um, I think the spread would be smaller. I think it might be three or something along those lines, but because it's the dolphins at the Patriots, you got to have it at least a touchdown, no matter who's wearing uh, the colors. Yeah. It should be a nice soft start for cam in his new career against the dolphins, but it it won't be because Miami is much tougher than everyone thought they were. They were tougher than I certainly thought they would be. 
Um, and as we already said, they went in there last year and, and took the Patriots out in week 17 in a game that the Patriots were desperately trying to win to get home field uh, and, and to get that uh, first week by for the playoffs. And they couldn't do it. And they wound up going to the, uh, to the playoffs for the wild card round and getting trounced by, uh, by the Tennessee Titans. So, yeah, I, I just think the Dolphins are, are tougher than we both thought. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Dolphins and the points with this situation. Cam Newton, again, the continuity. There's no uh, no games with these guys at all. We don't know how it's going to work. We don't know how healthy Cam is. There's just way too much certainty, uncertainty on the New England side. Um, I'm going to go against the trend because Bill Belichick does get the Patriots ready, 3-1, and one, straight up and against the spread the last four years. That one loss was that memorable Thursday night opener that uh, Alex Smith and the Chiefs uh, came in there and trounced them. We remember that yeah. one. Um, but that was a whole different regime. That was Tom Brady and everybody. Uh, everyone's really still there. It's just the, the missing piece is that Hall of Fame quarterback, and that's a pretty damn big missing piece. So uh, until I know what Cam is, is made of and that he's on the same page with these guys, I'll, I'll take the Dolphins with such a big number there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we get the Fitz magic, you know, those those early season starts that he's had, or if we get turnover Bernie Sanders. Uh, yeah, that, that that would be a problem if we if we get turnover Bernie sharing it with everybody. On to the late afternoon action for tomorrow. We got the Clippers and the Bengals. We got uh, no Mike Williams for uh, the L.A. Clippers, but uh, the Tyrod Taylor era will start anyway for them against the Joe Burrow era starting. For Cincinnati, there's no continuity either way, no matter what. So you just got to pick this as you see it. And Clippers are a three-point favorite on the road at the Bengals. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor is in. Uh, Melvin Gordon is out. So it's going to be the Austin Eckler show. Um, But there is a reason that the Cincinnati Bengals were the team that was drafting number one overall. They're awful. And Tyrod (laughs) Taylor actually – he can, he's not a terrible quarterback. He, he's good enough if you have the guys around him, if they can establish the run, if, if Eckler can get going and he can get the ball out to Keenan Allen. Yeah, I I, I don't like this pick because this is one of those games where I think it's, a, it's an under-the-radar type game. I don't think anybody particularly cares about this game other than people like us who are picking the, the spread or gamblers. Um you know, Atkins isn't, Gino Atkins isn't there. That doesn't bode well for the Bengals. I mean, yeah, we get a rookie quarterback making his first ever start. So I'm sure they'll have some wrinkles for him. Anything that they can throw at him, he's going to see some shit he's never seen before uh, every week. I'm going to take the Chargers. Um, agree on all points uh, that I don't feel good about the pick. Uh, this is the game if you're betting to avoid because you, there's too much uncertainty yes. on both sides. You have absolutely no idea how Tyrod Taylor is going to come out, how Joe Burrow is going to come out. There's absolutely no way that you think you can predict this, but uh, if you got to pick one side or the other, I'm with you. It's hard to see Joe Burrow come out and just rock and roll immediately with no practice, no pro games at all. This is his first pro game ever uh, going against that pressure of your first pro game. Hey, welcome in kid. Here's Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Good luck. Uh, (laughs) And, and Joe Joe Burrow is probably going to be overconfident in this game because he's been practicing against the Bengals' defense. Yeah, he thinks he's hot shit practicing against them, right? Oh, yeah. So I agree he's with not you. Been I'll... Practicing, yeah, he's not been practicing against Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Nope. <laughs> uh, we will both go with the uh, 
with the Chargers, with the lightning bolts. Tampa Bay and New Orleans, if you've been listening to me in the offseason, you already know where I'm going on this one. Tommy is debut with the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks. Tampa Tommy and the Buccaneers, three and a half point underdogs at Drew Brees and the Saints. Yeah, the least important uh, injury stat for this game is Mike Evans looks like he's not going to play, but it doesn't matter because Tom Brady wouldn't be able to get the ball far enough downfield for him to make an impact anyways. Um, so it's just going to be lots of underneath stuff and dink and doink in the Novocaine offense that Tom Brady runs to perfection, but he ran it to perfection with, with his guys. And now I, I know that you've been down over the, we, we looked at this in the last show about the saints and their notorious slow starts under Sean Payton, but they've been better, um, the last couple of years. And Sean Payton's been there long enough now that a four year trend, I don't think shows up. Um, as much as would have if you'd said had looked at an eight-year trend or a 10-year trend because he has been there forever. Um, I'm going to take the Saints here, and I think it's going to be the Saints pretty easy. Yeah, I was trying not to go back too far with, with looking at that trend because you could argue this doesn't matter what they did in, in 2017, how that doesn't have any bearing on 2020, and, and that might be true, but yeah. I really don't think what in 2012 or 2011, I really don't think that makes any difference. But uh, so I, I, that's why I was trying to keep it uh, sort of concise. But yeah, in that four years, Sean Payton and the Saints, it's ugly. One and three against the spread. Uh, one, I'm sorry, one and three straight up, 0 oh and four against the spread. Um, and, and some of those losses have been brutal, like as huge favorites. The Saints always get early love. Um, but in this case, I think they didn't get as much love because it's Tommy. So you couldn't have the Saints as big a, oh, a favorite yeah. as they this, should be. What would this line be if it was just Jameis Winston? Eight? <laughs> yeah, six, seven, eight, something like that. Um, and I thought we discussed this uh, like maybe a month ago, I think, on the show and what – uh, and you were looking up very early lines at that point, and I thought this, you thought it was going to be about one, and I thought it was going to be about four or five because it, it's Tommy, and, and you can't really yeah. count on Tommy to, to hang in there in a shootout. So three and a half is kind of where probably, I guess, where it should be is where the public wants it to be, so that's fair. Um, and no, uh, despite the, the, the trend, despite the Saints coming out very slow the, the last four years, uh, no, not taking Tommy, not that rag arm, not against the New Orleans Saints in the Superdome. Not going to do no. it. Can't do it. Uh, just It's just not going to happen in that situation. I, I understand. Can't do it. I understand it's Tommy and he's a legend and he's a Hall of Famer and all that, but I just have not seen enough out of him to think that he's going to be able to contend and hang in a, in a game like this. Drew Brees, you think, has to be up for this one against Brady. He doesn't want to look bad compared to Tommy. They're both 40-year-old quarterbacks, uh, but you, you, I got to think Breeze is going to ball out in this one and, and, and look like the, the the Drew Breeze of old. I, I think he's got to put up four touchdowns in this game, I would think. And you so think about I, the quarterbacks I, that Bruce Arians has had. He's had Ben Roethlisberger. He's had Carson Palmer. right? He's had these vertical offenses. Yeah. And he's going to try to do this. Yeah. And now he's going to try to do this with Tom Brady, whose best offensive play is pass interference. <laughs> uh, best of luck to them. And, and they may put it together at some point this year because they're veterans and they've been around forever. Yeah. Not in the first game, because I'm, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> be, this, so this is more of a continuity pick for you. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, no, well, not really. But just, what I said was. <laughs> But, 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 
what I said was whatever Brady does with the Buccaneers this year, I'm not taking them in dome shootouts with the Saints and Falcons. That's two losses yes. and two losses against the spread no matter what. And the first game of the year happens to be one of those dome games uh, against Drew Brees and the Saints, and I, I'm not, not going to do it. Can't do it. Sorry. On to the Cardinals and the 49ers, the uh, NFC champions opening up, hosting Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. Uh, Kyler to, to Newt should be fun. So Cardinals might have some uh, uh, excitement to look forward to this year. The uh, 49ers, of course, trying to get back and rebound off of what happened in the Super Bowl. Uh, Arizona opens as a seven-point dog on the road at the 49ers. Yeah, it's your first meaningful football you've played since you absolutely shit the bed in the Super Bowl. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Kyler Murray made some big plays last year. He kept them in some games against the 49ers. Uh, I remember them getting a backdoor cover. I was on a, was that on an 80-yard, I believe, Christian Kirk touchdown? I think that was against the 49ers. I remember that one that really stood out. Might might not have been my wrong a- game I'm thinking of. No, I think you're right, but I think the receiver oh, I, might have been the like, wrong guy. Yeah, like Andy else. Isabella. Or yeah, some, was some guy. Yeah, you're right. Somebody you've never heard of in your life. Uh, nobody. Up, yeah, uh, upset alert. I'm actually gonna take the Cardinals to win. Ooh, wow. Uh, and I'm going solely on the fact that this is the this is the hangover game. They're not they're not even gonna have the fans there to pump them up. They might not even be able to <laughs> see the field. Well, that's a whole other issue. We got. Uh, so much smoke in the area, the game might yeah. have to get moved. But I think that the Cardinals can come out fast and loose here and hang one on the 49ers. We might be a little punch drunk yet from that Super Bowl loss. You know, the Niners should feel a little uh, iffy about this one because uh, their guy Debo Samuel, who just jumped off the screen with his athleticism at times last year, uh, is on injured reserve with a foot injury. So that's an ominous start to the season uh, for San Francisco as well. Uh, so you would think the Cardinals that just have to double and triple team George Kittle and, and hold him down because that's clearly the biggest threat left for the uh, 49ers offense. They got to make someone else beat them. I don't think they're smart enough to make someone else beat them. I think the Cardinals are going to find a way to let George Kittle destroy them for a buck 50 and three touchdowns or something like that. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to take San Fran to, to win and, and cover that seven and, and put a beat down on the Cardinals and start a, Start, start their revenge tour for, for what happened in the Super Bowl. We'll put a star on this one if I can pull out this upset. Oh, yeah. Sunday Night Football. The, the Dallas Cowboys are on Sunday oh, Night God. Football. Again. They're not playing the Giants, though, so at least we'll give them that. Well, they, only because they can't do that three fucking years in a row. I'm sure they would love to yeah. if, they, if they could. I, I'm pretty sure that NBC is trying to find a way to just have the Cowboys do an interest squad game. So it could be Cowboys at Cowboys on Sunday night. Cowboys scrimmage. Cowboys scrimmage would probably get pretty high ratings from the from the rest of the country just to see the Cowboys beat up on each other. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not beating up on each other tomorrow night. They're beating up on the Los Angeles Rams, or at least they're going to try to. Uh, Cowboys are two point road favorites out in L.A. against the Rams, assuming they can play the game. Yeah, I believe the Rams actually finished last season with a better record than the Cowboys and finished just outside of the playoffs, even though they had that absolutely horrible start to the season last year. And they're coming back mostly healthy. This one makes no sense to me. This is about as mystifying as the uh, Las Vegas-Carolina pick. So I understand Todd Gurley's gone. They're going to have a new running back back there. Dallas does have a good defense. They, in theory, have a good offense. 
we get a couple of offensive geniuses, right? The old genius Mike McCarthy against the new genius uh, Sean McVay. Um, but I'm a, I, I don't understand this line. I'm still I'm going to take the Rams because I just think the Rams are the better team. Uh, there's an argument for it. I, I don't feel great about this game either way. Uh, it's uh, Mike McCarthy's first chance to prove the uh, debate that we were having a little bit on the last show about will he come out and run the football and establish that and, and use the strength of the Cowboys, or will he try to show his geniusness and try to justify Dak Prescott trying to get paid and try to air it out? Will Dak Prescott decide, hey, I want to air it out um, and, and try to – once again, put together a, a contract season as he tried to do last year with a lot of garbage time yardage that really uh, stood out as, as really not uh, consistent or, or genuine at all. It was a whole lot of garbage time yardage in, in last season. Um, I still don't know. That's that's my crux of what Mike McCarthy's going to do. I don't know if he's going to come out uh, and, and try to establish the run, but I'm going to bet on him doing it. I think he wants to get a find a way to get off to a good start for the season. So in week one, I don't think he's going to get too dumb. I think he's going to do the right thing, the smart thing, uh, and establish Zeke and, and build off of that. Uh, so I'm going to take the Cowboys and give the two points. Uh, I don't feel wonderful about it, but I'm going to take the Cowboys in that one. Mm-hmm. And now the Monday night doubleheader. First of all, it's the Steelers and the Giants, then Big Ben Roethlisberger returning back to action for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are six-point big road favorites at the Giants. Yeah, that line has moved a lot towards uh, Pittsburgh, which earlier in the week was only a three- or a four-point number. It has now moved all the way out to six as a road favorite. But this is one that's not mystifying, where a team on the road is a big favorite. Oh, yeah, I'll take Big Ben and the Steelers and their defense. I mean, they they went eight and eight with Mason Rudolph and Duck Boy. Yeah, they, they they can put one on the Giants here. Give me the Steelers. Ah, but beware. The Pittsburgh Steelers love early in the season. Betters love betting on the Steelers early. They do have some some clunkers. They had that tie. They did. Remember that one? So Mike Tomlin and the Steelers, 2-1-1 the last four years straight up with that tie in there. But that equates out to 1-3 against the spread. People love betting the Steelers because they're the Steelers, just like the Patriots, just like the Seahawks, uh, those teams that get a lot of love. Monday night goofiness, call me stupid. I'm taking Saquon Barkley to go off. I'm taking the New York Giants straight up to win to beat Man, the Steelers. I'm glad it's two minutes before the end of the show because I feel the phone <laughs> to be blowing up right about now. Bryce in Brooklyn is getting ready to, to call in any second, but you only got 90 seconds. And when he, when he listens to the top of his head, it's going to blow right off. <laughs> it sure will. And the nightcap for Monday night is the Titans out at the Broncos, Tennessee, coming off of their impressive playoff run last year. Uh, Three-point favorites on the road at Drew Locke and the Broncos. Yeah, you normally expect that the shenanigans come in the second game. It's always that nightcap game where the crazy stuff happens, which would normally tell me to take the Broncos. But no Von Miller. Uh, Derrick Henry is going to be owning that D-line in the middle of that team. It's going to be enough for the Titans to win. Probably a really ugly game. Low-scoring, ugly, love the under here. But I'll take the Titans. 
Yeah, exactly. My uh, point is that this would be prime Monday silliness uh, for week one, except no crowd uh, as well. No Denver yeah. crowd, which is a big deal to me. Um, and just the, the symmetry of Denver loses their prime pass rusher, Von Miller, at about the same time that Tennessee decides to sign Jadavian Clowney. Like, you can't ignore that symmetry. That's, that's just hard to, to ignore. So I will take the Titans as well. That would have been my lock. Wow. For the Baltimore Ravens. More on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program. I was thinking Titans as a lock all week long because of wow. not just the uh, the, yeah. the Jadevian, Clowney, Von Miller flop, flip-flop, uh, because it's uh, Denver at home with no home crowd, which is a huge part of their uh, home field advantage. Um, I just like the way Tennessee sort of found themselves and, and discovered their identity at the second half of last year. Um, yeah, I really, of course, I love the Titans uh, as a team anyway, got them winning the division. So do you. Um, but yeah, in this game uh, against the inexperienced quarterback, Send Clowney out after him. Can't send Vic Beasley on the other side because he's hurt, but I, I don't think it's, it's going to make too much of a difference. I think the Titans are going to uh, have their way with the Broncos. So I do uh, have but, to say, much much like my shock about the Thursday night football game, I'll spill that over into our show here, that that, that went surprisingly well. What, the show, uh, our show? Yeah, no, no audio oh. glitches, and we did 15 picks in 40 minutes. I'm more shocked at the no audio glitches because that's something that's out of my control. And yeah. no matter no matter what, I can't seem to do anything about that. But yeah, that's shocking. Um, I I did not log in extra early. I was running a slightly uh, yeah. behind what I usually do, um, so I didn't log in like 15 minutes before the show starts, like I usually do. I logged in maybe five minutes before. Yeah. Um, and then you were running even later than that and, and sweated me all the way down to like 20 seconds before the show started, before you logged in. I was like, oh, they're okay. Cutting it close, but you but you did make it. Um, yeah, and it all worked out. That That's the shocker. The 15 picks in 40 minutes, nah, it's old hat for us. We're used to that. Um, yeah, well, yeah, we but, used to do it in 30. Exactly. Uh, and switching back and forth with each other's uh, uh, comments. Remember that? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Where we would actually have the pre-show, where we would actually go and give you yeah. and get everything, and then yeah, that was cramming. That was because we did a recap and the picks in thirty minutes. Oof. Sometimes Boy, it that's... was yeah. No, we got room to we got room to breathe here. So, but yeah, was there any? I, I don't know. We kind of glossed over the last few games. I don't think there was anything I really had to to get off my chest about those last few games. A little surprised that you were thinking about locking up the Titans, but it yeah, turned it it turn into a secret Titans fans down. I mean, just, is that team sort of like, you know, because you live there, is, are they sort of like, you know, are you endearing yourself to the team? Or are they endearing themselves to you? Well, I need to provide the caveat uh, that I've talked about a hundred times, but in in Memphis, Tennessee, where I live, in the I, suburbs I know, of Memphis, I know the city of Memphis hates them. This is not Titans country. No, but you don't. But you don't have that. You don't have that bias built into. I don't you. have that Titans hate that, that yeah. they seem to have here. Yes, you didn't live through that. No. Um. So with that caveat, I um, 
I don't think any Titans love is so much a, a product of being in any kind of proximity to them because Nashville's three hours from here. I don't really we don't have anything to do with Nashville here in Memphis. It's it's basically exactly like Chicago and downstate Illinois. They really don't have anything to do with each other, even though they're in the same state. Yeah, Nashville is like a different. It's a different world. I mean, if you've been to yeah. Nashville. Right? I mean, that's not you don't even you go to Memphis, you go to Nashville, you don't even think you're in the same state. You really don't. No, and you go even farther, you go to like Knoxville, Chattanooga, and you're up in the mountains. You're like, yeah, Tennessee is a very odd state because it's like 500 miles long. So you mean, yeah, it's really segmented. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you got, yeah. So no, I've been, I've been to Tennessee many times, Eastern Tennessee, West Tennessee. And, and yeah, it really is like two different states. No, any Titans love that's growing is what you talked about on the uh, season preview show they play a whole different style of football. And for old school fans like us, it's a beautiful brand of football. Yeah. And you come yeah. out and say, we're going to run it down your fucking throat and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And we're going to run it again. And we're going to run it again. And even if you stop us three and four times in a row, we're going to run it again because that fifth time Henry is liable to go 75 yards, throwing guys into the, into the stands and over the, uh, over the stadium uh, on his way to the end zone. And so we know what we what where our bread is buttered. We know what our strength is, and this is our strength: power football, uh, muscle football. It's something that you just don't see these days. And I'm uh, all for all, you know the the offensive revolution that's been happening the last decade or so in football with all the aerial attacks. I think that's awesome. I think it's great to watch. I think that's why you have you know Pat Mahomes making half a billion dollars. Uh, you got Deshaun Watson just got the bag. Dak Prescott will eventually get his bag from somewhere. I don't know if it's going to be Dallas or not. Um, so I'm a fan of that t- that style of football visually because it's great to watch. But I'm also a fan of the old school and, and the pound it down your throat and let the quarterback uh, only have to make, you know, 15 or 20 tough decisions during the game instead of airing it out 35, 40 times. It's a it's a whole different style of football, but it's also beautiful in its own way. It's it's different. Uh, you know, all I can say is, look, some guys, you know, you like the the, the hot thin girl, the, the 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 Hispanic girl with the long curly hair who only weighs ninety pounds, and got a nice rack, and you can also like the the thick girl on, on the corner. You know, it's got a little meat on her. It, it, you don't have to like the exact same thing all the time. You know, I, I like I like different things. What can I say? Yeah, and I remember making the point in the late in the regular season or in the postseason last year about how the Titans are almost built to succeed because all these in this copycat league, everything with these defenses has been about getting lighter and faster. And 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 Tennessee just comes in and they just muscle you and and they wear you out. And that's why Derrick Henry, he doesn't Derrick Henry is one of those rare running backs where he'll bust off that 70 yard touchdown run on you in the third or fourth quarter, just because you're, you just beat up. They have been mauling you all game, four yards, three yards, seven yards. And he's just pounding and pounding and he's a load. And that Tennessee team goes after it. And they are definitely taking advantage of these lighter, faster defenses. And uh, I, I have a feeling just get that feeling. It's a copycat league. Somebody else is going to get wise to this and you're going to see another power running team over the next few years. And, you know, we might start to see that shift back. And these guys try to draft these power running backs and thinking they're going to do 
what Derrick Henry wound up doing in his career. And, you know, honestly, Henry was a little bit of a bust before last year because he would have starts, stops and starts. But they, yeah. they keep trying with these guys. Uh, Dallas has hit on it with da- – with, uh, uh, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.